Hey everybody, welcome to Monday Night Live in Lexington, you guys. My name is Katherine Kaufman and I'm a psychic medium here in Lexington, Kentucky. Welcome to my every Monday night show. This is where we discuss what and who we are on this journey called life. to my Monday night pals, my son, Michael Lawrence, big kiss to you, and my Monday night pal, Miss Joy Hall, uh, good to see you guys on here, um, and also welcome to everybody over here on Facebook, let me make sure all of the cameras are going and the feed is going, and it looks good um, so far, so good, <laughs> never know about these technicalities and you never know how your equipment is going to work special shout out to angel lee good evening how are you doing and patty ann Kreider, awesome to see you here uh, this is going to be a special series you guys um and we're going to present part number one tonight uh, a lot of calls that i get on a pretty regular basis are about you know, people who've tried to cleanse their home or tried to smudge and it's not working. And and it seems like once I start talking to them and trying to figure things out, uh, nine times out of ten, they're either leaving parts out of doing the cleansing or kind of doing it the improper way or not thinking of all the variables that go into a cleansing. And so that's why I was like, okay, we got to do a video series on this and that way you know if you ever have any questions or you want to improve the way that you cleanse your home all you have to do is go back and watch the videos hey to angela atkins and a special shout out to melissa begley big kisses to you and miss cleo and a shout out to shannon pate miller let me see how this feed is going and and hey to a special shout out to Jackie Brown in Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas, Jackie. Um, now, for those of you that are joining on the professional page, Katherine Kaufman Psychic Medium, um, the page that I do the live chat on is my personal page, Katherine Kaufman. And so what I will do is in the comments, I will put a link to um, the personal page, and if you want to join uh, the stream and join the chat, uh, you can just click on this link I'm leaving for you in the comments and head over to the personal page where the chat's going on. Yes, Joy, we're absolutely great to be here. Um, 
we had a wonderful visit in Paducah with my son and his wife and the grandkids, and we all had lots of pumpkin fun out at Tal Talon Falls. Um, and it was just, it was just super fall fun. And so if you guys can find a pumpkin patch somewhere, please, by all means, go. Special shout out to Barbara Bacon and Crystal Crazy and Pamela Downey. Now, and Barbara, chime in, please. Uh, when we talk about the basics of home cleansing, um, and this will be in part two, a lot of us will use wards or crystal grids actually to set up like a protective perimeter around our space. And those kinds of things really augment uh, the protective ability of what you're doing. But we're going to start with the basics of home cleansing. And tonight we're looking at the preliminary things that need to be done or need to be considered before you ever even approach the home or space to cleanse it. Now, if any of you guys have questions, please drop them in the comment section. If I don't get to them during the show, I always get to them after the show. So, um, and a special shout out to Ina Thompson. Good to see you here. I'm checking the pages to make sure they're still running okay. And um, shout out over here on Instagram to C.S. Kawash. Uh, good to see you. Let's do a wave there for you guys. Yes, Talon Falls was so much fun. It's um, in Melbourne, Kentucky, which is Western Kentucky. Uh, so it's a little drive <laughs> to get there. But if you live in that area, Talon Falls was so much fun. Okay, basics of home cleansing. So the first thing that I want to tell you guys is there is absolutely no set way to say this technique works with everything. If I've not learned anything in all these years, the one thing I have learned is that you have to approach each and every property in a different fashion because each property is so vastly different. There's a different history. There are different imprints of energy from different people there's different situations in every single property and so it's almost like a recipe that you have to get a really close look at what is the recipe that has gone into this particular situation so every property needs an evaluation on the specifics of the history the people who've lived there, what's there, and all that kind of stuff. So there's no set way to do this. But like I said, it's there's a history and a recipe of what's there. There's also a recipe for what you can use to combat that with. And so you kind of have to be somewhat of a chef to you know, look at the recipe and know what ingredients you need um, that will help that situation. So the first thing that you want to do is to start with the outside of the property. Shout out to Cindy Hall. Good to see you here tonight, girl. Um, so we want to start out with the, the outside of the property. We're going to look at, you know, how large is the property? 
what things are adjacent to the property. Um, so you really want to start with what's surrounding the property. You may have uh, or try to be aware of proximity kind of alerts that clue you into something else could be going on. Like for instance, maybe the property is adjacent to an old graveyard. Um, now that can be a problem and I've seen it be a problem in more than one circumstance. And a lot of times homeowners don't take that into account because graveyards are sanctified areas for use by specifically the dead. And so any close proximity to a graveyard can definitely open portals and create a, a lot of problems. And so instead of just smudging the house, you would maybe in this particular circumstance want to ward with crystals maybe the the barrier between the dead sanctified area and the living sanctified area and you may want to create like an energetic grid to separate those two energies to keep the dead energy from bleeding over into the live space that your home and property provide you with so graveyards are uh kind of a really problematic thing there really needs to be probably two to three miles between a graveyard and a living space otherwise you can see a lot of problems one other thing i wanted to throw out there uh, for you guys is this time of year the, um paranormal alerts go up there's a lot of activity at this time of year and my phone is ringing off the hook with people who need help with activity. And it is this time of year where the veil is very thin between um, the paranormal realm and our tangible realm. And so it does create a lot of issues. Let me check for problems. Uh, shout out to Lollipop Baby over here on Instagram. Okay, so graveyards are sanctified areas for use by the dead they can be a problem you need at least two to three miles in between you and the graveyard even if it's an old abandoned graveyard the spirits in their realm it's just like yesterday there's no sense of time okay so another thing that i always look for when i'm evaluating a property is water sources surrounding the property and that can be you know it can be a river a lake a stream even or a brook or, or a pond and water sources amplify and also hold electromagnetic energy and so they make great portals and whatever entity is there they can um, amplify their own abilities by using the water to maybe manifest or maybe come through uh stronger or maybe have enough energy to move things and so water sources can be a big problem because it takes whatever's there and it, and it can amplify that and actually hold the electromagnetic energy in that spot the next thing that i look for are power lines or transformers and they kind of do the same thing as the water 
they amplify and hold the electromagnetic energy in that area and in that spot. So Ina wants to know why the veil is thin now. Well, we're in times of when you, and you've probably read this, Ina, in times where we have transition, that seems to amplify the energy. And so it's often written that magical times are sunrise, sunset, where the day is changing, where there's a transformation or a change. And, and right now the season is changing. Uh, we're changing from, you know, uh, summer to autumn. And so that transformational energy is there. And it just seems like paranormal stuff is is really amped up at this time of year. I think I did do a video on the veil and why there's other reasons why the veil is thin at this time of year, but that could be a whole nother show that we don't need to get into or we'll never finish the content. But um, if I haven't done a video on it, I will, I promise you I'll do one right before Halloween. Uh, shout out to Olivia Bernard and Brenda Sue says I've smudged several times. I have done it right the first time because you could feel it after a few weeks. I had to do it again. The second time I did it wrong somehow and all heck broke loose. The evil thing there was making it clear it wasn't going to leave or let us be. We ended up moving. Well, Brenda Sue, maybe this series will help you and help prevent that from happening again. And then the last, like part three, we're going to go over when it's time to leave. <laughs> like, at what point should you pack up and go? Because there's a whole lot of things that can be done. There's actually three stages of things that can be done before you say, okay, it's time to leave. So um, again, power lines or transformers really amplify. They hold the electromagnetic energy in place. And uh, we even look at, now we're just talking about the outside of the property, but speaking of power lines, transformers, and that kind of thing, we even look at the power boxes inside of the house. And I remember on one specific situation, uh, the person was having activity. They were having nightmares, really horrible nightmares. And inspecting the property, I noticed that the power box was right beside um, the bed where she slept. And so it was in the bedroom and right beside the bed where she slept. And that is really bad for a recipe of having activity and nightmares and that kind of thing. So we, we discussed actually moving the bedroom to a different room and making that room storage and also shielding that area and testing that area with the power box for EMF and maybe shielding that. And so that fixed the problem for that person. Um, so Barbara Bacon says, saging isn't lasting. That's another thing that I've noticed is that a lot of people are coming back and telling me that the techniques that they used in the past are no longer effective. And we're, all, we're seeing this as well with 
a lot of um, people who call clergy out to the property or the home and they maybe use an incense or a smudge and or the um, priest's prayers are not really effective. And so that's why we often look at layered protection and step protection. And we'll discuss that in another video because there's actually three stages to protective layers that you can use. So back to evaluating the outside of the property, um, you really have to be aware of where the electricity is coming into the home, if there are any transformers nearby, and what could you do in that particular case? Then you've got to look at uh, extreme shielding techniques. That can be one situation where you may want to relocate, especially if you're looking at, you know, tens of thousands of dollars um, with EMF protection. It might be easier just to relocate than to take on that big process of uh, redoing the property to, to actually be comfortable there. So Rob says a lot of folks do not do this entire cleansing correct. Sage, sweetgrass, and tobacco. Yeah, that's kind of Rob why we wanted to I wanted to do this three-part series is, you know, to help people look at how am I leaving something off? Have I thought of everything? Maybe what's here isn't exactly what I thought it was. So Heba says, for me, I smudge because of negative people and thought patterns that I share the house with. Any suggestions for added effectiveness? Also smudge my brother's house to help with strength during cancer fight. Now, I really love that idea of uh, helping your brother by doing a smudge um, when he's undergoing cancer treatments. That is an excellent idea. Now, we're going to go over techniques in part number two. This part number one, I wanted to bring to you the other considerations that you have to take into thought when you're going about cleansing your property. So techniques will go into part number two and part number three is continued techniques, but it's also going to be when is it time to leave? So, and uh, believe you me, there have been times when I have said, okay, homeowner, <laughs> you can stay, but I recommend that you go. <laughs> so, um, okay. Now we have to look at what's the spiritual practice of the people that are involved with the situation. Are there any persons in the home or a neighbor that is um, involved in occult practice or maybe even Ouija board communication. What that does, it, you know, if you know what you're doing, it's totally fine, but you need to be aware of the people surrounding you if you do occult practice, if you do use the Ouija board to communicate, there needs to be a barrier and a protective uh, area set up so that that energy doesn't bleed over into your neighbor's space. And a lot of people don't think about that um, because what occult practice and Ouija board communication do is they open portals. 
And it's sort of like leaving your back door open. Uh, once you open those, you know, energies trickle in and you may get some visitors you don't want and your neighbor may get those visitors that they don't want. So if you do occult practice or Ouija board communication, be responsible and put up protection around the area that you're doing that in so that it doesn't bleed over. And so pe people in the home need to be aware, you know, do I have a teenager playing with the Ouija board? Have they opened a portal? That kind of thing. Um, so let's see uh, if we have any more questions here. So Barbara says, we have experienced a great deal of success with our transformational gateway spray. Um, Shannon, Sharon wants to know, is the spray smudge just as good or more effective? And Sharon, you, you can get that transformational gateway spray and a lot of other really good sprays at Barbara Bacon's shop, Crystal Crazy. So just uh, go up to the reply comment on her post, a couple one ones up, and um, get her contact information. I feel like the sprays are probably better than a smudge. And we're going to go into that in part number two, why? The energy from a spray doesn't attenuate as fast as the gaseous state of the smudge. And we'll go into that more in part number two. But Melissa Begley has had great luck with the transformational spray. And um, now I've used other types of spray with good success as well that Barbara has. I really like the angel um, spray that's there. I can't remember the name of it, Barbara, if you'll chime in and remind me what the angel spray name is. Um, so yeah, be aware of if there's anybody in and around your property in a cult practice, or maybe a teenager in the home that's doing it, you need to be aware of that. Um, now we get into the, the negative neighbor influence. You know, maybe they're involved in really negative things and there's a, a great amount of negative energy that's, you know, pouring out from that property into yours. Um, here's another thing that I found in doing cleansings and clearings and stuff. Uh, and this you don't normally think of, but it is a really easy remedy. I remember one property I did. Uh, it was a duplex. The neighbors were really quite negative, involved in negative things. And my client had a huge mirror on the living room wall that was uh, adjacent to the neighbor's wall on their property. And so the mirror was acting like a huge channeling device, uh, portaling all of that crap into her um little townhouse and so one of the things that we did in her house clearing was we removed the mirror and closed the portal and that took care of that situation so really be aware of you know do you have mirrors on that end of the house that's next to that negative neighbor it may be an easy cure for you to just remove those and cleanse the mirrors and we're going to go over how to cleanse a mirror and all that kind of stuff too. 
So Sharon says, thank you. I have asthma and sometimes smoke bothers me. And Sharon, years ago, I would say we developed sprays almost 20 years ago just for uh, people who have asthma, people who have COPD, people who have chronic bronchitis. You definitely don't want to use smoke around kids either. Um, so we developed the sprays almost 20 years ago just for that population. And then in, in through using the sprays, um, I figured out that it lasts longer and uh, the energy is more amplified than a smudge, actually. So um, the one that I like, there's there it is that Barbara put on it. It allows negative energies to go home, which is totally different than sage. And that's the transformational spray. The one that I love is called Angel Speak. And I use that in my some of my readings. If uh, the reading gets really emotional or it's a real um, upsetting mediumship or something like that, or there's a trauma, um, I help my clients with the Angel Speak spray. So Ina says, in Feng Shui, you can turn a mirror toward the negativity and reflect it back to your neighbor. Yeah, you can. Um, you can do that. Yeah, I kind of like to just remove the mirror and not do anything to that person because that's their own. I kind of feel like it's their own karma and I sort of let the universe take care of that um so okay getting back to this kind of stuff um the history of the influence on the property so you want to look into the historical use of the property um how long has the ha home been there who's lived there um you know is the problem has it been there for a long time or is this a short-term thing that just started? So the reason you want to look at those kind of things is um, because like if you have a property that's been there for a really, really long time and you look back at how often it has changed possession and you find that maybe every other year, or every year there's a new owner or a new renter in that property um you can kind of clue yourself into okay this could have been a problem for a long time and the longer a problem is there the more entrenched the energy is in the property the more difficult it is going to be to get rid of um because the energy patterns are sort of ingrained into the energy of the space and so it may be that you can't get rid of something that's been entrenched into that environment or it may be that you would need to do a prolonged treatment on the environment to repattern the energy channels that are there now if you have something that's just started or just occurred those are usually easier to get rid of. So you got to look at the history of the influence on the property and, you know, the 
the people that have lived there and how frequently they have moved in and out of that property. So now, uh, if you have something that's long-term uh, and you do see a pattern where there are a lot of owners changing hands, a lot of renters changing hands, that may elude to a physical anchor that is at the location. Now, I'm going to give you an example of that. We did a cleansing, uh, and this was a townhouse, but it was a really older townhome, and the entity had attached itself to the iron metal bathtub in the location and it actually it was actually doubly attached because i feel like the person committed suicide actually in the bathtub and so the energy of that soul leaving and the traumatic event imprinted into the metal of that iron tub and so that tub act acted as an anchor to the location that you can't really get rid of unless you were to tear the bathtub out which for this person is not an option because they were leasing the townhome and so that was another occasion where um, it's best if you just change locations okay let's see here barbara says uh we import our water from healing waters from Lourdes, France. Yes, I really like the energy of that area. It's just so wonderful. Also, if and she says, also, if historic events have played out on the land. Yes, historic events are make a huge imprint. Like if you were to go up to Pennsylvania and a lot of the battlefields up there have there, there's no way to get rid of that energy that's up there. It's entrenched in the environment. Uh, shout out to Gina Bingston. And Cindy says, oh, Cindy's shouting out to Barbara. Loving my crystals and stones that I got the other day. Awesome. And shout out to Cynthia Lynch Carlson. Good to see you here, girl. Um, let me check for questions over on the professional page. Don't see any. So that's awesome. Okay, um, back to the content. Okay, physical anchors. So anything can be a physical anchor. The, like we said, water could be, since it holds electromagnetic energy, it can be a physical anchor. Uh, you know, the graveyard could be a physical anchor because it's land that's dedicated for use by the dead. Um, so you've got to gather your information first to know what you're up against. And that's why I say there's no specific way to say use this for everything because each place is so different. But you can't just go in and do a smudge or do a clearing and not know what you're up against. Because let's say um, what's at the location is not a human spirit, but it's not associated with anything that maybe prayers would affect. Maybe there are entities that are not affected by any kind of prayer work. It's very ineffectual with them. And so you have to know what is it that you're up against? 
so you need to figure out and gather your data on what exactly is there. What am I dealing with? So uh, what you need to do is hire a team to investigate uh, where you can get a medium like myself to come out and do an on-site mediumship, find out what you're up against. Um, and then it's since it's helpful to know your historical data on about the property, that can also validate what the medium tells you. So if you know the history of your property, see if there's anything in the mediumship, on-site mediumship, that can validate what you have already found out. So Cynthia says, are salt all are all salt lamps created equal? I mean, purchase anywhere. I know size makes a difference, but what about the base as well? Not all salt lamps are created equal. Um, that is true. And that, again, that's a whole other show that I guess we need to do. Um, yeah, think about the way that your salt lamp works, Cynthia. It uh, works on the moisture in the air and the heat of the salt. And uh, the salt takes that moisture, evaporates it, and then you get the release of those negative ions. And so, um, you know, it is important that you have a good quality pink Himalayan salt. And we'll do a we'll do a show on that. <clears throat> so Melissa wants to know what other type of entities. Well, specifically intradimensional entities that it seems like prayers and church work and um, religious icon icons and things don't work with uh, those type of beings. We have to look at other things for those type of beings. And, you know, that's, hey, that's another show too. <laughs> oh, it, it's a, isn't it just a rabbit hole? Uh, you could go off on all these different tangents with the stuff. So we're running out of time. So let me, let me get through this. So hire a team to investigate or hire a medium to come out and do mediumship. See if any of their data, you know, validates what you already have done your research on. Um, try some EVPs on your own. And you could do this really easily with a recording app on your phone. Um, where people go wrong in trying their own EVPs is that when you ask a question, don't just go for two, three seconds and then ask another set, uh, question. Please leave at least 45 seconds to a minute after you ask the question for a response. Because you, a lot of times when you ask the next question, you're kind of obliterating the answer because often it takes them a while to produce the response to the question. And so at least leave 45 seconds of silence, if not a minute, after each question. And when you go back to evaluate your recording, always wear headphones uh, while you are listening. You will be able to pick up on things you would not normally hear just using your ears by themselves. 
So uh, be sure you leave enough response time for them to get that answer to you. <laughs> all right, that's all for part number one. Part number two is going to be next week, and we're going to look over actual techniques for use, and what the best techniques are in a basic home cleansing. We're not going to get into the third level, and we'll probably go over the first level of cleansing techniques. Now, if you have something you need to ask me specifically, there are second level and third level techniques. Now, the third level techniques are uh, for purchase in my PDF on advanced psychic protection techniques. And you get the downloadable PDF and a um, link to the video of the webinar I did on that. And you can get those. If you're interested in those, message me to purchase. I think it's $30, um, which is not much. And it's information that you can keep and refer back to at any time. So I will see you next Monday night. And I'm going to have a, a background change. I'm going to put the fall pumpkin stuff up. So I'm excited about that. Hey to Carla Smith. Glad to see you tune in. Uh, and I'll see you next week. Kisses from Kentucky. Bye, y'all.